for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Kendra Andrews, who covers the Warriors for NBC Sports Bay Area, about the start of Warrior training camp tomorrow. This is one of the biggest seasons in recent Warrior memory, just because we're not really sure the direction that this team is going. A very young team after the additions of Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, a team that's looking to bring back a veteran in Clay Thompson and the hope that Steph Curry can help carry them back to prominence in the Western Conference. All things we can talk about with Kendra Andrews, who joins me next. Today is Monday, September 27th. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, ahead of the start of NBA training camp and Warriors training camp tomorrow, Kendra Andrews. She, of course, covers the Warriors for NBC Sports Bay Area. You can hear her, of course, on the Dubs Talk podcast. Kendra, welcome back to the update. What's going on? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Are, are you getting excited? Are you like this time of year for you, NBA? I know you, you spent time in Denver uh, covering the Nuggets. Are, are you starting to get amped up again? Is it feeling more like the start of a regular NBA season for you? Absolutely. And you know, it's so crazy because I've only ever experienced one, you know, normal training camp and media day and the, and the normal hype all the way back in 2019. So it's kind of uncharted territory for me because this is going to be my first training camp here out in the Bay Area with the Warriors. So I'm very excited. We get so much coverage of everything now, right? There's so much media everywhere. The NFL is a 365 day a year product. We get, you know, TV shows every day of the year about the NFL. The NBA kind of takes after that now, too. We get a lot of NBA coverage, and the fact that training camp is getting so much hype nowadays, and we're starting to hear about guys, and we'll get into the Ben Simmons thing in a minute, but the the idea that players are now, like, holding out of NBA training camp, it feels very NFL to me. It does. I mean, the NBA completely has taken that same path of being a year-round sport, and it's nice because, especially as, like, a writer and a reporter, for the past couple months, we've just been – Speculating. You mentioned Ben Simmons. He's been speculating about what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. He's been speculating about this, that, and the other. So it's exciting to finally be at a point where, yes, there are still lots of questions to be answered, but the puzzle pieces are starting to fit together, and we're getting a real idea of, of what everything is going to be looking like moving forward. Well, maybe that's a good place to start, not with Ben Simmons specifically, but maybe with uh, with what the top storylines are that maybe we should focus on. I think most Warrior fans would look specifically at Klay Thompson. For you, is it is it Klay Thompson? Is it roster construction like Jonathan Kaminga and the role he's going to play? Is it James Wiseman taking the next step? What's your focus as we get started with Cam tomorrow? And it's a tricky question because, to me, the story for the Warrior season is going to be Klay Thompson. And James Wiseman, I think, is the, the close second. They kind of take 1A and 1B of the most important storylines for the Warriors because how they do to me, is going to be the direct correlation of how well the Warriors do. When it comes to the guys that they acquired in free agency and have signed over the summer, to me, those are great, almost like replacements for the guys that they lost in, you know, in Kelly Oubre and Eric Castle. Those guys, they bring in Otto Porter Jr. They bring in Nemanja Elisa. They bring in Andre Iguodala. Those are great steps and great pieces to add, but none of those guys take the Warriors to the next step, the next level up. It's all going to come down to who Clay Thompson is when he comes back because the Warriors are immensely better when he's on the floor, of course. And then the second is James Wiseman. How much did he grow? Did he develop? Because they're very, very shallow at that center spot, only having Wiseman and Kevon Looney as their two true centers. So they need to see development and improvement from Wiseman and how those two guys do 
will almost dictate how far the Warriors make it this season. Well, see, for me, I look at it sort of the same way, where obviously Clay Thompson is number one because he's the hinge. He's that, that sort of glue mm-hmm. gun that's going to make this thing go. He's the engine that can take them from being a, a, not a playoff team to almost immediately a championship contender if he's in any sort of form like he was before he got hurt. But to me, that's that's almost like the simple answer. Like, he'll either be great and they'll be back in it, or it'll be tough for them to get going with him recovering from the injury. For Wiseman, there's this sort of mystical, what can James Wiseman be? How big of an asset? Is he going to be Kevin Garnett? Is he going to be some some meld of, of that? And, uh, and DeAndre Ayton, what's the ceiling for this guy? Do you think the expectations are, and I don't want to say unrealistic or or sort of overhyped for him, but we've seen the players that were drafted around him now. Anthony Edwards make a jump. LaMelo Ball was fantastic last year uh, as a rookie and, and looks to make that jump this year. What do you think our expectation should be for James Wiseman? Well, I think it's hard to compare him to to LaMelo and Anthony Edwards just because they play completely different positions. Right. So it's, it's not comparing apples and apples, and we've heard from so many guys of how adjusting to being a center in the NBA is actually harder than, than a guard. But that being said... The signing expectations is really hard for James Wiseman just because we barely saw him last year. So there is really just this cloud of unknown. I'm not going to say that he's going to go out and be a Kevin Garnett this year or maybe even next year. It's too early to tell. I need to see a bigger, bigger sample size from him. My expectations going in aren't that he needs to be this incredible dominant big man he just needs to do what the team assigns him to do very well and I hope that that's like a simpler assignment because even if it is just grabbing boards and being there and asserting his presence in the paint that will address one of the issues that the Warriors had last season like they were a terrible offensive well particularly offensive rebounding team but just rebounding team in general so I guess I don't know if I'm fully answering your question (laughs) but I guess just in terms of like expectations for James Wiseman. I'm not trying to put on to him that he needs to be the Kevin Garnett of this team. He just has to do the simple things really well. Again, I don't know if I answered your question at all. So you can ask the follow-up. Oh, no, I, I, I didn't. I think that totally makes sense because you're talking about a role he's got to fit into. And when you've got players around you, like a Draymond, like a Steph, like a Andrew Wiggins, and we'll get to his situation in just a minute, and like some of these other guys who have been around, I mean, we're talking Andre Iguodala. People mentioned him in the same breath that they mentioned Hall of Fame talk because of the, the roles he's played on championship teams. But you're right about the size. Like, you draft him number two overall. I think it's okay to have expectations, but he's the biggest guy on the team. Bielitsa, I think, comes in at 6'10". Kevon Looney, 6'9", 6'10". Do you think as far as size goes, and especially because he's still recovering from injury and we're talking – about how big of a rebounding role he would need to play. Do you think they should, and I saw you and, and Grant Liffman uh, entertaining this idea on one of your Dubstock conversations, do you think they should entertain an idea about, about bringing in a guy like Marc Gasol with that kind of pedigree? If Marc Gasol became available or if the trade or money or whatever would take to get him here works out, I don't think that there's any harm in trying to bring that type of guy to the we talked about, you know, size isn't necessarily on the Warriors' side right now. They don't have a lot of depth at that center spot. And they don't have a lot of veterans at that spot. James Wiseman, yes, Draymond Green was that mentor for him last season. But it could probably also help James Wiseman's development to have an even more veteran player who maybe has a different, you know, leader or mentorship style than Draymond <laughs> does. Um, just to kind of teach him those types of things. Marcus Gasol is incredibly talented and 
again, you know, we just saw how injuries destroy not just the Warriors, but all teams last season, but particularly the Warriors, where at one point they had no true center. They had no center other than Draymond Green and the JTA sliding in sometimes. So first off, just by bringing him in to address the depth, that could be something the Warriors definitely could use. And then also just the teaching aspect and the, and the mentorship to James Wiseman could also be something that they'd want. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. I was at that final game against Memphis last year where they had to play in and they had to, you know, they lose to the Lakers and they have to play Memphis and, and John Moran has an incredible game, kind of his coming out party. And we look at the season, we go, oh man, Steph Curry, what an incredible year he had. We barely even mentioned him in this conversation. But then you look around, you're like, yeah, at one point they were starting a 6-6, Juan Toscano-Anderson, like a small forward at center for like weeks at yeah. a time. Isn't that incredible? It is so crazy. And look, like the Warriors play small ball as best you can, right? Like they yeah. do thrive in that situation. But as you look around the league, and I'm not going to say that prototypical NBA centers are making a full comeback, but you do see a lot more bigger guys. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert. You know, there are big guys who are making their presence really felt. So sometimes you can't go with that small ball lineup. It should be your secret weapon, you know, as it was way back in 2015 when they beat the Cavs in the NBA Finals, you know, when they brought Andre Iguodala in as a starter, that was their death lineup. That was their, their card that they played that other teams didn't know how to deal with. So that's what your small ball lineup should be. But you still want to be able to have big bodies to be able to go up against the other bigs that are really, really making an impact on this league. Well, we got to talk about the rest of the roster here, and and this, I mean, it's not a fun, it's not a fun topic or fun conversation to have, but COVID nineteen still a factor here, and and because of local restrictions, we're lucky to be able to play basketball indoors. It sounds like for the entirety of a season, at least to kick mm-hmm. off twenty twenty one. But uh, news broke, uh, I guess it was Thursday night, Wednesday night. Andrew Wiggins uh, still not vaccinated. He was vocal about it last year uh, at the end of the season, saying if you want to get it, get it. If you don't, then don't. But I'm not going to get it unless I. I have to get it, uh, and he sounds like he's not on his way to get it right now. I guess the Warriors put him in touch with a doctor in Oakland who didn't really change his mind. If he is not vaccinated by October 13th, he won't be allowed in the building at Chase Center, and he can miss a game check. This is per Monty Poole, uh, your colleague at NBC Sports Bay Area, up to $360,000. This is sort of like what we were talking about with the holdout when it comes to uh, to Ben Simmons potentially losing some money, except that it's different because it's a COVID restriction thing. Uh, this could, could really play as a disadvantage for the Warriors, and it's not necessarily the same restrictions that visiting players are going to have to play by. Thoughts on all this, but I mean, the first one is just yes, this would be huge disadvantage for the Warriors because Andrew Wiggins last year, I mean, he was outside of Steph Curry, he was their most consistent player. I think Andrew played all except one game last year, he was their kind of Iron Man, and he was such a needed piece for the team last year, and he would still be that much of a needed piece this year. So having him not be available for half of their games. I mean, probably even more because it's the entire state of California. So you have all of the home games at Chase Center. Anytime you go to Sacramento, anytime you play the Clippers or the Lakers, he wouldn't be able to play. That is a huge knock to what the Warriors want to do. They don't have, you know, their, their depth is better. But again, like he's still such an important piece to this team. It will be very, very unfortunate if he's not able to play because he doesn't get vaccinated, and it does put the Warriors in a really sticky situation. I think it's very interesting that this only applies to 
like home teams. I think it's very interesting and honestly a little contradict like there's some contradiction or that this doesn't apply to visiting teams because in my opinion, if you're going to say that you have to be vaccinated to be in the building, shouldn't that apply to every single person who's entering this building? So to me, that's a little bit confusing, but of course those visiting teams, it's not going to have as big of an impact on them because they don't play in the state of California. They will still be able to play in, you know, 95% of their games besides the five that they play on California between the Bay Sacramento and Los Angeles. To your point, what's contradictory about it is you could end up with players uh, like, you know, Paul George, uh, for example, who who has made it known, I guess, that he's not vaccinated. But they come to Oakland October 21st, and there are rules that visiting players could have to play by that they're if they're not vaccinated. For example, one, they've got to stay away from uh, other members of the public for the entire duration of the game, about six feet. They have to provide a, a negative test within 48 hours, and then they've got to wear masks when they're on the bench or in the facilities and not playing. But that would be okay for a player, even who's a member of a team in California, traveling to San Francisco. However, if you are in San Francisco like Andrew Wiggins, it doesn't apply. So you're right. This is totally foreign ground for the NBA because, well, they were the first team to get up and run, or the first league to get up and running during the pandemic last year and, and finish a season. The NFL gets to play outdoors. So even their rules are going to yeah. be different and the restrictions are different by those standards. Yeah, I mean, it was just such a confusing thing to navigate. You know, the NBA and um, NHL, but we haven't right. you know, started yet. But, the, you know, those being the only two indoor leagues, there are so many different issues that they have to navigate that the MLB and NFL don't have to. And basketball, the NBA has been such, in my opinion, such a good leader, you know, for all major sports throughout the pandemic of trying to figure out the safest and best ways to proceed with having seasons. I see where they're coming from with this. And it's also just really tricky because you do have, you start getting to all these gray areas as you were laying out about, well, if you're from LA, but you come to San Francisco or Oakland, all these different things, there is just a lot of gray area that (laughs) just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I mean, for the Warriors in particular, all you can hope is that someone would be able to change Andrew Wiggins' mind or he would change his mind just in terms of getting him able to play. And, you know, as you read out back, you know, when vaccines were first starting to come out, Andrew Wiggins said he'd only do it if he was forced to. Well, this kind of being as close to forced as you could get. Right. So I'm really interested to see as training camp kind of moves along and we get into the preseason, is there any other pressure you could put on someone without telling them what to do? And oftentimes what has to happen is is no, generally when it comes to this type of stuff, no change happens unless it starts to touch the money. And then uh, and then maybe yeah. if, if fines happen uh, because of missing games and practices, uh, then it changes things a little bit. But this topic aside, I'm pretty excited for the start of training camp. For the sake of this podcast here, I've got Warrior Basketball, I've got uh, Giants Baseball, and I've got 49er Football, but it's all going at one time. Pretty exciting time for the Bay Area. Kendra, you do a great job. Thanks so much for stopping by today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, great stuff from Kendra Andrews. Make sure you follow her for all your Golden State Warrior training camp needs. She does a great job uh, with Monty Poole and Grant Liffman over at NBC Sports Bay Area. Going to be an interesting topic uh, for how the Warriors navigate this thing with Andrew Wiggins. And again, their their roster, I look at it currently composed right now. They did bring in some players, as she mentioned, Bielitsa and Kaminga, a big pick as an 18-year-old draft pick, a number seven overall. Moses Moody, a guy people are happy about. It is not a team that I look at that inspires me to winning a championship. Doesn't look to me like that's a team that would go on and win the NBA Finals as currently constructed. So we'll see how all of this shakes out.
Thank you to Kendra. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. The final regular season of baseball is underway. We've also got to get into what went on with the 49ers and the Packers on Sunday night. That's all in the days and weeks ahead. Until Wednesday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.